Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever and wherever it is that you're listening to us, we want to thank you in advance. We as fans have always appreciated your input as fellow fans. When you're happy, we're happy. When you're upset, we are too. But sometimes we're just a little bit more honest. We are the Bastards of Boston Baseball. You can find us on Twitter at Bastards underscore Boston. I'm your host, Charlie Smith, coming to you from Los Angeles, California. You can find me on Twitter at Smith underscore MLB. Our other hosts for this episode are Terry Cushman coming to us from Myrtle Beach in South Carolina by way of Wyndham, Maine, at Cushman MLB, and Nick Face coming to us from Reading, Massachusetts, at Face the Facts 15. Gentlemen, how are you both doing? I am doing well. I am a little tired. This is the worst time of the year for me with a lot of staff going back to school, but as the going phrase is, you figure it out one day at a time. And that's what we hope the Red Sox can do next year and we for try. the remaining rest of the season. Terry, how are you doing? Still hoping the Red Sox front office could figure it out. Uh, we're working on right now a half a decade at a time is the pace that, that they're going at. But anyway... Lots of hot takes today. It's uh, all of it's usually honestly, this is one of our highest rated shows. Uh, it gets the it most, absolutely is. Yeah, it gets the most downloads. Um, so here we are. And it's fun because we get to interact with our fans, which we sincerely appreciate all those that are listening for the first time or for the 5000th time. We appreciate all you guys. So, uh, Nick, why don't you lead us off with your first hot take? Yeah, we really like this one. Everybody across the board. It comes from Johnny Fontaine. He goes, Justin Turner drops his $13.4 million player option like a three-foot putt. Wish I could do something like that. Takes the $6.7 million buyout and gets a multi-year deal that the Red Sox will not match. Johnny and I are on the same wavelength here because I smell that happening 1,000%. And I think a lot of this has to come down to the fact that Justin Turner has proven his worth to get a multi-year deal. And the Red Sox over the past couple seasons, we know how they, you know how the Heim Bloom regime runs. Cheap, cheap, cheap. Dollar store, dollar store, whatever you can get that you can pluck off the shelf and get a bargain for. Justin Turner was also brought in here and recruited by Kike Hernandez. We talked about this on the previous show. Boston to me has not become from what we've seen recently, a destination city for players to come to. And I love Justin Turner this season. This is the guy that I would want back. He's earned every right to be back, but he's also earned that right with his contract to have a player option and to test free agency to see what else he can find out there. But because the Red Sox and John Henry and Heim Bloom are so cheap, I do not think they match it. And we'll probably sadly be seeing Justin Turner be playing elsewhere uh, next season. That's tough to talk, Terry. What do you want to add? Well, it's interesting because when we signed Justin Turner this year, I'm like, oh, he's 38 years old. I'm like, he's been fine, but eventually, you know, these guys get dinged up and they're just not as durable. And, you know, he's kind of hobbling around on one foot. He does look a lot better than he did a couple weeks ago. And, I don't think he's still going to leg out quite as many doubles as, as he might have in the month of May. <clears throat> Excuse me. But so I just don't know 
how many teams are going to look at him as a liability. He's going to have a certain number of days uh, to to determine whether he's going to opt into his player option, like Nick said, thirteen point four million, uh, or you know, I, I don't think the Red Sox are going to buy him out. I don't think they're going to pay six point seven million dollars to him only to go sign somebody else for you know ten or twelve million. I just don't see the thing there. Um, so in 13.4 million, as far as the player option goes, that's a lot of money for a 39 year old player. So I, I think what Turner's going to be questioning here is, can I get a two year deal at 39 years old? His performance has justified it. It really has. I mean, he's been super clutch. He's off the charts with runners in scoring position. So I just, it's hard to to predict these things. But the, the other thing you want to look at too here is he, he spent all those years in Los Angeles. Won the division year after year after year. Let me see if I can pull it up here real quick. I mean, when was the last time the Dodgers didn't finish first? Division titles. I'm pulling it up right now. Okay, so actually they were beat in, in 2021. The Giants won 107 games. That's right. The Dodgers won 106. That was an epic race. But besides 2021, you got to go all the way back to 2012 that they did not win the division. And I think Turner debuted for them in 2013 or 2014. So he, he might look at it this way. Well, man, I'm used to competing. I'm used to automatically being in the playoffs. And there's a handful of teams that are, you know, the Astros automatically in every year, the Braves automatically in Uh, the Phillies. Reese Hoskins is a, is a free agent next year. Maybe, maybe they come knocking for, for Justin Turner. If, if he opts out, but I, I just, what's so appealing about Boston for, for Justin Turner at this point? Zilch. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't owe the city a damn thing. And we just traded away one of his closest friends who has been having not the most successful time back in LA. I mean, he's kind of cooled off a little bit. I thought he was going to continue hitting 300. I think he's probably hitting maybe 260. Still better than his average of, you know, the 230s and whatnot. Someone can call me out if I'm wrong. But the fact of the matter is Justin Turner is going to opt out for $6.7 million and get a two-year deal somewhere else, probably, because Boston will have to pay him more than $14 million per in order to keep him, which is not going to happen. And honestly, truth be told, I think Justin Turner is going to finish his career in, in L.A. as a Dodger. I think he would be willing to take a discount with the Dodgers, not with the Red Sox. And the reason for that being is the Dodgers are contenders. The Red Sox are not. The Dodgers are going to get Walker Bueller back. Clayton Kershaw, who I thought was done and cooked, came back and pitched a gem of a year in relation to what I thought he was going to do. They're going to have a couple of different options. They're going to retool. They're going to get another wide, uh, another you know, uh, starting pitcher. We don't know what's going to go on with Urias. I think his career is over in Major League Baseball. So that's the second starting pitcher in the last couple of years that the Dodgers have had character flaws and just major issues with. So... Uh, and that being outside of baseball, but that is far, far more important than the game itself. And I think the Dodgers are doing the right thing by 
sending him away and not inviting him back because at the end of the day, you don't want people with bad character on your team. The Dodgers can't afford that. And ultimately, I think this is where Turner's going to go back. He wants to go rejoin his friends on a team that's going to win. Uh, Terry. Did you very nearly say the Dodgers needed a new wide receiver? I yeah, thought, honestly, I, I thought that my was mind. coming yeah. out. I was going to say wide, and then I was just like, oh. <laughs> I thought that was coming out. But uh, anyway, in regards to Kike, update on him. Hitting a very respectable 267 with a 3 28 on base, three home runs. Better he's, than Boston. He's driven in 20. So maybe maybe he will recruit Justin Turner again for the second year in a row. Hey, man, come to L.A. J.D. Martinez's contract was only for a year, right? Yes. Yeah, but he's also got plantar fasciitis, and he's done. I don't. I think he's cooked. Yeah. His, his foot is, is not in good shape. And, you know, so truth I be told. I also echo what you guys said. I think Turner goes back to the Dodgers. It wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me. Honestly, you replace J.D. Martinez with someone that can actually play a couple different positions that gets on base a lot better than, than J.D. does. J.D. doesn't walk anymore. He still strikes out a boatload, but he can't play a full season anymore. He's literally a D.H. Justin Turner can D.H. or play other positions. He's a little bit older, no question. I think he's the, the, more value, the better value pick there. So get Turner, bring him back to L.A., make it a party. Uh, next hot take. Terry, hit us. All right, so I'm bringing my own for this one. I will get to uh, one of our followers later with one of their hot takes. But um, so as Bloom's future, you know, has come into question and as uh, Dave Dombrowski continues to thrive in Philly and they're not going to win the division, they're not going to come close, but they look every bit as good as they did last year. And I think their rotation is better. Their bullpen, last I checked, was ranked number nine. They were like mid-20s last year as they went through the postseason. It was crazy. They were good. All of a sudden, they were good. But you're you're seeing the anti-Bloom people make a lot of references to, um, you know, how they missed the Dombrowski era and, and pointing out some of his successes. And the... The Bluminati loves to loves to blame Dave Dombrowski for Hein Bloom's failures. You know, that he depleted the farm, this and that. Well, guess what? How's Jaron Duran been? How's Tristan Casas been, you know, the last three or four months? Um, Sedan Raffaella finally probably gonna play a full season next year. Um, you know, one of our highly touted prospects. I think it's time to stop blaming Dave Dombrowski. And here's, I, I put this all in a tweet, so I'm going to rehash it right now. Per fan graphs, Dave Dombrowski has taken the Phillies farm system from 27th place in 2021. That's when he got hired. They had the 27th ranked farm system. It's ranked 18th presently. Now, I know that's not super high. It's not, it's not even really average, but it's trending in the right direction. And especially for a guy who's known for blowing up farm systems. And here's another thing too. That Detroit team that we beat in that epic 2013 ALCS was a wagon, was an absolute wagon. And they went to, I think, I can't remember if it was the 2010 World Series or 2012. One of the Giants World Series, the Tigers made it, they lost, but they got to the World Series. And Dombrowski had been in Detroit for at least six or eight years. He built that team. 
He built that team that was an absolute wagon. So anyway, back to Philly. Farm system, 27th ranked in 2021. It's ranked 18th presently. And he's elevated that farm system all while winning trades. Brandon Marsh has been a very good outfielder that he traded a catcher who seems like a busted prospect for. Logan O'Hoppy. Dombrowski this this summer traded for Michael Lorenzen, who pitched an absolute gem his first time out, and then his second time out in a Phillies uniform, pitched a no-hitter. Dombrowski got that guy from the Tigers. And so he's been winning trades. He has won a pennant, as he did last year, which put him into the World Series. Um, uh, As I just covered, uh, he's acquired legitimately good pitching. He has fired a bad manager, Joe Girardi, in his second year with him. And he wasted no time in 2022. I think he fired Girardi in like May. He's like, we are getting ahead of this and and we're, we're resolving it right now so we can salvage the season. And he fired Joe Girardi. And then... Another thing I think Dombrowski is doing really well, as I've pointed out, they've he's infuriated the Bluminati. He does that so good. Why why would they be talking about Dave Dombrowski four years later if he wasn't thriving and Bloom wasn't severely, you know, falling short of expectations? And lastly, just a reminder, Dave Dombrowski's going to the Hall of Fame. He, he won the World Series with the Marlins, got there at least once with the Tigers, won the World Series in Boston, went to the World Series with the Phillies. Maybe he'll win another one in Philly. That's a very dangerous team with an explosive offense. And the last thing I'll say about it is he's been with the Phillies for one less year than Bloom's been with the Red Sox, and he's crushed it. The, I I. Figured this, I figured Dave Dombrowski would probably be a flop in in Philadelphia. That roster was a mess. That pitching staff was a mess. And he's he's done a good job. And he's actually built a really good bullpen, which is not something he's known for. So I'm just tired of the Bluminati bashing Dave Dombrowski. The Heim Bloom might never get another job as a as a top executive again. He'll probably be another team's farm director in the future. But unlike Dave Dombrowski, who's made a career out of literally being a GM, that's not in the cards for Bloom. And he'll never be that good. End of rant. I mean, that's uh, that's pretty rich when, when you talk about it. But we've had... we've actually been able to make a little bit of a living off of some of the haters that we've had this year. And there's been a, a defense made for some of the folks that are still supporting I am bloom, but there's unfortunately no accountability for when things do not go right. It's well, this wasn't his fault or this was something that he had to take on from somebody else. But what about the, the trades that he's made and the additions he's made and the lack of signings that he's made? You can't blame former former GMs for, for some of these moves. They're your responsibility. They are now your decisions, and you're not owning it. So, I mean, it's been, it's been a very interesting year. And for some of the folks that we even used to work with, 
some of the folks that we interact with. Good God, there's just been no accountability. I would love for the Bloom supporters to say in 2023, I got it wrong. I didn't get this right. And unfortunately, until we hear something like that, it's going to be really hard to have a conversation with someone that just doesn't admit that they're wrong. I, for example, have no shame in admitting when I'm wrong. This year, I've been wrong a whole boatload. I was really excited for certain players to come through just to hold myself accountable. That didn't happen. Alberto Montesi never played. Not one inning for the Boston Red Sox. Would have loved to have seen him play. Didn't happen. Holding myself accountable. I was wrong. Some of our haters still are lacking the ability to say I was wrong or I didn't get this right. And it's made all of their takes just a little less credible because they're not being openly honest. They're living in this fluffy fairyland, and it just it's just it's not realistic. It's just not the world that we live in. So that's my two cents as far as the the haters and all the people that are supporting Bloom and whatnot. Nick, I wasn't sure if I saw you say, like, raise a hand. Do you, do you want to say something else? Nope. I didn't even say anything on it yet, okay. and I've been <laughs> okay. dying to because I am I am much like Terry. I am Team Dombrowski all the way. I thought he got a bad rap in particular for the Chris Sale signing. That was really the big flaw on what happened with everything and payroll being the issue with money and everything. Some people also like to float the idea that the Evaldi contract also was ridiculous and everything. Was it too high on what they gave him? I'll fully admit that it was too high. But people get so worked up from Dombrowski with trading away the prize prospects that the Red Sox had. You traded away Juan Mancata and Michael Kopech, and that got you Chris Sale. I don't know if you guys can name anything else. The Kimbrel trade when we traded him out to the Padres, but outside of that, you want to say he destroyed the farm? What did those players end up turning into, folks, you Bluminati? What did they turn into? Michael Kopech is eh. Juan Mancata has been nothing but a disappointment. You want to talk about the Padres moves? None of those none of those players really have panned out that well. Dombrowski has a history of trading players to get proven results and talent back. He gives away those things to help your team win and he is 100% somebody that I trusted with ba- with building a team to getting us a championship. So when he got signed with the with the Phillies, I wasn't surprised that he was able to kind of turn things around for that franchise and get him into a winning tradition that they have over here. I echo what Terry also said, he's going to be a Hall of Fame GM. I look at him and kind of a top five GM types, at least for this era that we've had. We have Theo Epstein's, the Brian Sabian's, Cashman's from way back in the day. Uh, Dombrowski's in that consideration as well. But those those are some, and Andrew Freeman with the Dodgers. I forgot about him. But those are the five that I look at from everything. I would take Bloom, I would take, uh, Bloom and get him out of here as quick as possible. I would insert right back Dombrowski and we'd be fully happy. The last thing I was going to say on this take was, about a week ago, or two weeks ago, I, th- I was in Pittsburgh and everything, and I was just trying to uh, enjoy my time. And I remember I tweeted something out that said, boy, wouldn't it be nice to have Ben Sherrington back? And the outrage that I got from that tweet, I was I was surprised. 
because Sherrington at least got the 2020 or the 2013 championship to his uh, to his uh, trophy room. What does Heim Bloom have? Nothing. So don't tell me that Bloom is better than Sherrington. Don't tell me that yet because you got to look at the results and it's a results business. Heim Bloom isn't even better than Dan Duquette. <laughs> For being honest, you got that right. <laughs> wow, that that one's gonna hurt for some of our listeners and whatnot. Uh, all right, who's got the next take? Is it me? It is you. Yep, I think so. Yeah. All right, cool. So this is adorable. I I, I phrase it that way because Terry and I are are realists, and sometimes the season starts with Terry's favorite quote, which if we're blessed to hear it before the year starts. It's just a little sweeter. And that is, here's the bad news. There was only one of us that thought that the Boston Red Sox were playoff bound. No one had the Red Sox winning the East. No one had them winning the first wild card, the second wild card. And our dear Cody had the Red Sox as our only host having the stones to pick the Boston Red Sox. No one else could do it. So out of five hosts, no one did it except for Cody. So you got four to five that are saying no. This hot take comes to us from, I just want to make sure I get the name right here. Give me one moment. This hot take is coming to us from W.S. Mark, Will Mark. Season is over. I will tune in around the winter baseball meetings. Thank you, Will Mark. Will, and to those that are listening, This season was doomed from the get-go because from our position of depth, we didn't add any extra pieces that we knew we were going to need down the line. Starting pitching is never a position that you have so much depth that you don't consider other options. You don't consider making a trade. You don't consider making an extra addition that you know come August, September, you're going to need to take advantage of. And the Boston Red Sox had to deal with injuries, players not performing to their expectations, and players now being shut down for the remainder of the year with a couple weeks to go. The Boston Red Sox were done before the season started, and four of the five hosts said so before the season started. So I will leave it there. Nick, I'm going to have you weigh in first and Terry close it out. I just think that the winter is going to be interesting and it could even get interesting in the next three weeks with what the decision is going to be here with Cora and bloom and where this team is actually going to be headed. It was not set up to succeed. I say, I echo the same thing that you said, Charlie, it just wasn't built to be a championship caliber team. Too many flaws. They screamed right out you and way too many, Question marks with pitching. I mean, you were banking on Chris Sale, James Paxton, what Tanner Hulk was going to do, where Garrett Whitlock was going to fit into. The list of those questions going down the list was just way too much to have to sit through and and have any sort of belief. We all want to see the team win. We all want to see a championship, and we all want the best for the team. But when you see what's getting done – and being accepted from your executives that are in charge of the team 
after we have gone through the tradition of the 2004 team, the 2007, and other teams that came up even a little bit you know, shy from going the distance, even the 2008 team, the 2003 team, those were winning teams. You're putting a pile of crap together, and you're having hope that they're going to get it, they're going to stay healthy, they're going to be durable, and they're going to last the whole season doesn't work for me. And that's one of my biggest pet peeves with not having any belief in Bloom. I never believed in this hiring from him way back when Dombrowski was fired. I had a very poor outlook on what the future could look like with him. And then unfortunately, what you see is what you get right now. They banked on a kid who was the wrong nerd in Tampa is what they did. Because John Henry wanted to save money. So that's what you get, John Henry. Hope you're enjoying it, pal. Terry. The only thing worse than a bad season is a bad season that was predictable from the outset. We're sitting here in September. I mean, we do what? Six shows a week and how many... How many weeks are in a season six times four 24 weeks roughly in a, in a major league season let's say 25 so times that by six that's 150 shows that i have to sit through here and talk about how bad this team is and how the rest of the season looks extremely bleak man i just i'm done with this if bloom stays if they if they decide to keep him for some insane irrational reason, you're gonna get Noah Syndergaard and Zach Davies this winter. Those are gonna be your two starting pitchers, or two guys on that level. And then you're gonna get the propaganda and the the, the two metrics that everybody seems to love and why they're gonna why they're going to have a resurgence in Boston. And then we're going to miss the playoffs again. It's just, I'm tired of this. When Bloom got hired, my, my first tweet was, I love this hiring. And man, if I, if I only could foresee that I, I would have hated it so much, like we could still finish in last place here. That's still in play. And if we do, that's three out of four seasons. If I told you, I'll, I'll make it just a little easier. When Bloom got hired in September of 2019, if I told you we were going to miss the playoffs in the next three out of four seasons, Mookie Betts is going to be gone. Xander Bogarts is going to be gone. We're never going to sign a starting pitcher more than one season. We're never going to ink a pitcher to a multi-year deal starting pitcher. He did ink a reliever to a two-year deal. Do you guys remember who that was? It was an extension. It was Matt Barnes. He's got the most years uh, out of Heim Bloom. Actually, I, I take that back. Jensen and Martin now have uh, got yeah, those contracts. But still, it, it's just been it, it's been so bad. It it really couldn't have been much worse. So I had this team winning 74. They're going to exceed that probably in the Yankee series here. Um, I think they're at 73 right now. So 
but like I said, this team is overachieved. If if Duran doesn't come out of nowhere, I think that alone is worth five less wins. All those stolen bases, all those key hits. I mean, for a two-month period, he was almost hitting 400. He, he was that nasty. So, uh, you know, I just, I want to be a big market team. I want to be a big market team again. I want to be, I want to be a perennial contender to at least win the division. I want that to be the bar. I don't want the third wild card to be the bar. I'm just so tired of it. And I hope everybody listening is too. I mean, it's just been so bad. There's no reason to suggest Hein Bloom's going to get it right in his fifth year. There's just no reason to suggest that. That's so eloquently put. I don't think there's really much that either one of us can add. It's it's a, it's a downer tweet, you know, and and no disrespect to Will. Uh, it's a, a very, you know, it, it's a take. But unfortunately, I think a lot of us thought we're just not playing like the Boston Red Sox that we know that we can play like. We're, we're not spending the money in, in areas that we've spent in the past, and it's just disappointing. So, uh, Nick, why don't you uh, try to bring us back up maybe with uh, your next hot take? I, I can't. I can't. I can't on this. So we're going to continue to be on, on the down on it, but I have to echo. Echo is my word tonight. I'm going to go with a different word when I say this. I agree. There's a new word. I agree with – March Madness, our friend, saying all of the coaching staff will be gone by the end of this season. Well, there's your scapegoat right there. We all know Carlos Fabulous at third base has been atrocious. I don't know about you guys, but I'm done with Dave Bush as my pitching coach. I think the hitting coach, Fatsy, needs to go. It's been decent offensively, but I just don't think there's any consistency there. And the big one, Alex Cora. I think Alex Cora has also given up. I think he's done with dealing with Hein Bloom. This coaching staff is checked out, and I feel that they are all going to be uh, out of here. I don't even know if Cora is just going to be fired or just flat out resigns and just says he's done. But I do not see Alex Cora back for 2024. I think a new voice will, is needed for this team. I know you guys don't like this whole thing. With and I'm probably going to say that I think internally – they're probably going to look at Veritech. I know you, Terry is not a big fan of that and some of you others. I'm open to suggestions on what other things they can do. But I think to win the fan base back, I think that that might be the best decision in a way that they could end up going with it. I don't think Tech's perfect with it, but I think that the that, that change is coming at least. I can fully admit that saying that. Terry? For me, number one, target number one to be fired is is definitely Dave Bush. Um, they've been so bad in his tenure. My favorite thing was the other night. Uh, this was Saturday night. Yovera was out there, and um, he wasn't having a, a good inning. And Bush came out to the mound, had a quick conference with him. And turns around, goes back in the dugout. And then on the first pitch, it goes over the fence for a two-run homer. So that's Dave Bush for you. I mean, what what is he going to do to fix these guys? Nothing. Who is he going to develop? Nobody. 
He's just absolutely terrible. Carlos Feebles has at least conservatively probably six to eight, maybe more bad calls at, at third base. You know, usually it's sending the runner when he shouldn't. Um, maybe that needs to come to an end. Peter Fatsy, I'm willing to give a pass to. I mean, I think our offense has been pretty good, and I think the kids have hit pretty good. So if anybody gets a pass, I think it should be him. Uh, if they if they did move on from him, I mean, that's fine too. But he he's definitely the one that makes the, the best impact uh, with the Red Sox, I feel like. And so, and Cora, I mean... I think if a new GM came in, he would have a new energy about him, but he'd be resting guys right away in April on the second week before an off day. All that stuff that's always, you know, ticked me off. So I wouldn't mind seeing a new manager as well. I think the only coach that has any argument to stay would be the hitting coach. As you mentioned, Terry, he's been able to do a little bit of work with some of the newer guys, and that's actually translated to some success. On the flip side of that, he has not been able to turn over some of the guys that have not been able to figure it out. And since they've come back from the IL, have not really been all that relevant except for a blip here or there. I am so done with the third base coach, I can't even tell you how many times we've lost Stupid games in the ninth inning for situations like that. I mean, the rise of Jaron Duran, Justin Turner doing what he's done, have been two of the bright sides of this team. And I couldn't even tell you how many times over we would have won a game because of those two as opposed to lost games. You're looking at 7 to 10 minimum. We have lost no less than four or five games because of poor coaching at third base alone. So it would not shock me if someone came in, bye-bye Cora, bye-bye Bloom, overhauled the entire staff. And it's not completely a far cry to see a new coach come in and overhaul the whole damn thing. And I'm not going to lie, I would not be upset if everyone was gone and we just tried a clean slate with a team that so desperately needs it to turn the page. It's not going to happen overnight. It's most certainly not going to happen at the end of, you know, with 20 games to go in 2023. I think a turning of the page and, and relieving all those coaches might be a good idea for everybody to kind of turn the page and say, let's start off fresh. So March Madness, thank you for your hot take. Anything else we want to add to that? No. Um, all right. Next hot take. Uh, Terry. It is on me. And uh, this one comes from uh, someone named Raven Venturelli. And uh, her bio doesn't really uh, have much info. Just says she's from the, the U.S. And to follow at our own risk. So, uh, But she says... The guy sitting behind home plate, which was the Sunday game, with the green t-shirt that reads sell is an absolute boss. So it was a green t-shirt with white lettering uh, S-E-L-L. 
and he is uh, she. Uh, well, that person it was a it was it looked like an older gentleman uh, sitting in the first or second row. Uh, that seems to be a, an indication he wants John Henry to sell the team, and I I, I love it because. I don't want John Henry to sell the team and I'll get to why in a minute, but I just love that he was noticed. And I, I love that he kind of made a scene by sitting there. So I hope he goes to a couple more games. We'll see. But a lot of people, you know, mention on, on Twitter that they think it's time for new ownership and this and that. And I get the frustration and, I get more frustrated with, with Henry than I do, you know, where I'm happy with him, it, it seems like. But we have to remember here, we're, we're typically always one of the higher payrolls. We're not this year. You know, we got to stay under the tax and, you know, we should be spending next year. We'll see. But I don't know if we win four championships with another owner. I really don't know if, if that happens and we have made splashes. I mean, everybody loved the sale signing. I didn't, but everybody loved that. Um, you know, JD Martinez, uh, the first Xander Bogarts extension, we didn't give Dombrowski that credit uh, a little while ago, but, but, you know, I just feel like, they want to win. I, I I don't question that they want to win. And and so, the Bluminati loves to say that Bloom's just doing what they want. He's he's just doing what they want. And I don't believe that. I believe they want to win. I don't think ownership enjoyed at the winter carnival or whatever they called it. Uh, last January when all the fans were invited in to, I think you had to buy a ticket, but they were invited in to kind of meet players, meet coaches. And, and then ownership came in there and they got booed so bad. It was, it wasn't a riot situation, but it was, it was more hostile than what they're used to. And then the, the hockey classic that happens at Fenway park Devers hadn't been signed yet, and they were booing John Henry as he walked all the way around the stadium. I don't think he enjoys that. I really don't. And I think they want to get back to winning. It just seems like we have an identity crisis. Once Theo left, they they went like a hardcore analytical direction under Sherrington, which, as I said in the last show, Bill James and Larry Lacchino had a lot to do with. And, and then they went the complete opposite direction when that didn't work. And they hired Dombrowski who blew up the farm after Sherrington spent years of protecting it. And then when Dombrowski left, they pivoted back to a Sherrington type guy who hoards prospects and doesn't sign good pitching. So they need to get out of the identity crisis type mode and just hire some smart baseball people and just kind of stick with them. And you know, don't do a wholesale turnover of the front office. Just the Astros have done it fairly well. They've, you know, they did get rid of Lou now, but they didn't get rid of everyone. And, you know, they continue to win. So there's been no, like, abrupt pivoting by them. And 
Atlanta was lucky they lucked into Anthopolis, who was very impressive in in uh, Toronto. You know, the Blue Jays went to the ALCS in 2015-2016. That was under Anthopolis. He left after 2015, and, and, you know, the Braves scooped him, and good for them. He's the best executive in Major League Baseball, in my opinion. But, um, but yeah, just get some smart baseball people in there that, that can keep us competitive, uh, you know, perennially like we always used to be. That's all I want. That's all I'm asking for. Nick, anything you want to add to that? For a minute, I thought that green shirt that Terry had on actually said sell. So I was kind of looking at it for a second, and I'm like, wait, what? What are you saying there? No, this is my um, this is my Joe Biden shirt, actually. And Oh, uh, oh here we go. No, here we go now. <laughs> no, no, this is what it says. It has one of his gibberish quotes on it. It says, um, it says buy a man, eat fish the day, teach man to a lifetime. And then underneath Joe Biden, <laughs> it, everybody I've had multiple people take selfies with me when I had it cause, just because they thought it was hilarious. But yeah, I bet you that's why you have such a high score on that uh, Uber thing that you have there <laughs> with that shirt. That's exactly I, I, I why. work at night, so it's dark, so no one knows that I'm even wearing it. <laughs> The guy that had the shirt on, I, I just want to let that gentleman know, uh, wherever you are, I'd like to buy you a beer. Just be getting your attention and for being something that caused a conversation piece because I do think it's a conversation. And I I see the good, I see the bad. The problem that I see with Henry, at least for right now, is the people that he has as his executives trying to operate a team to make it so he cannot spend all these different contracts and money on certain things. The reason Bloom came in here is so Henry didn't have to pony up all this money so he could save a little bit and get a winning product on the team, AKA Moneyball. Bloom has failed him though. So if, if there's any sort of thing that we want to, again, point out here, it's the fact that Bloom is the guy that's in charge of baseball ops and makes the decisions of, you know, who's coming, who's going and all that. That's got to change. If Henry's still invested, if he's still committed to winning and improving the park and improving the team and still being a top five payroll team, then I'm all for it. I'm all for continuing that because, again, we can't discount enough that it's still four championships that, hey, it was 86 years and we've got 2004, 7, 13, and 18. And we've been a pretty competitive team outside of other years that we didn't win, 2003, 2008. And the list can go on from that too. Even 2021, you can even ch uh, chop up into there or chalk up into there rather. So I would say that this whole thing here with, with John Henry is if you're committed, you're going to continue to believe in this team and have a great Red Sox product on the field, then keep it. But if you're not invested and you're considering all these other things like the basketball team in Vegas and your precious Pittsburgh Penguins and everything like that, maybe it would be time to look at something. There. But I, I really don't think that he's going to be selling the team anytime soon right now. Oakland was the first team to do that uh, where they were having signs and I think fans actually filled the entire park saying either sell the team or keep the team or something. But they, they were really upset with ownership uh, 
with everything that's going on with Oakland, the team's not trying. They're selling off all their, you know, their top players. They're not really trying to get anything back. They're not really taking it very serious. And for that reason, I understand why. And that was kind of like the cherry on top. We have a, our own fan sitting at Fenway Park with a shirt that says sell. I mean, Raven, absolutely. Absolute boss move to have the stones to spend that kind of money behind home plate with a sign that basically says F you to the owners of the Boston Red Sox for putting out the product that they've been putting out for the last four years. 2018 was a happy year for us. We did some good things. Since then, not so much. It's been really brutal. And since the COVID year, since 2020, and the one outlier, we've been a basement bottom, just a bottom dweller. And it's not a fun feeling to be a Red Sox fan and a bottom dweller, to have the amount of payroll that we have and we're still not doing well. We have teams out there with one-third the payroll that are leading leagues, that are leading their division. Are you kidding me? I mean, I get it. Ultimately, I think John Riley just needs a, a major wake-up call to not necessarily sell the team, but invest in the team and make it worthwhile for all of us to be happy again. It's been a little while. And uh, doing these little cheap one, two-year deals, getting these prospects to like tighten up the pool and beef it up and whatnot means nothing. You have prospects, move some of them. You don't need to have the best prospects. You don't have to have the best prospect pool in Major League Baseball. Not all of them are going to play in Boston. Not all of them are going to pan out. You need to move some of them. So I understand where that fan's coming from, but we just need to wake up and do the right thing. Uh, T, anything else you want to add to that? Nope. Cool. So last one here is uh, coming from Jose Cahale. So Cahale, Jose. Chris Sale's gone by next July. Uh, Thank you, Jose. Um, I don't see it happening, and the reason for that being is the amount of money that they're going to have to eat up for something like that. So I, I just, I don't see it happening, but I could be completely wrong. It's always a possibility. I don't think anyone's going to say, yeah, we want to take Chris sale unless he absolutely lights it up and they're willing to chew the rest of that contract for whatever reason. And we don't get anything back. We just get out of the Chris sale deal. I, I just don't see it happening. And that also means that the Red Sox are not contenders at 2024. And I don't want to admit that. I want to believe that we're going to do the right thing and we're going to put a, a formidable team together with a quality product out there. So I'm, I'm going to say not gone by next July. He comes back and the Red Sox come back. Terry, why don't you go first and then we'll have Nick go last since you've had an extra second. Regardless of who's leading the, the Red Sox front office, the first words I want to hear out of their mouth about Chris Sale is we're probably going to put him in the bullpen. If they utter those words... My confidence that Chris Sale can pitch a, a full season as a reliever, I would say relatively high. Not sky high, not supremely confident, but I think he can be very serviceable as a one-inning reliever. If I hear them say, well, Chris Sale's going to be a big part of our rotation next year, yeah, he, he could be. And if he's not done, if he's not cut by July, then he'll be on the injured list all year. I mean, look at Kluber. Did they really need to keep him on the injured list and have him hang around? I guess he is going to make a rehab start and then join uh, the bullpen uh, as presumably a bulk uh, guy. I mean, they're calling out every other day where we're, they're calling up someone we've never heard of 
to pitch an inning, usually get shelled, and then we don't see him again. They option him back down. But but um, I think they just kept Corey Kluber around because they didn't want to hurt his feelings by DFAing him. I, I, I mean, I don't know that in fact, but that's what it feels like. So I, I don't, uh, as a starting pitcher, I think he's, I think he's out 5,000 by July via being released or an injury. So I, I agree with the hot take. Uh, Nick, why don't you wrap us up? I'm willing to take a chance on Chris Sale if he goes to the bullpen. What do you got to lose? It's either that or you're releasing him. You're still on the hook for next season and everything. You have to find something that he's going to succeed with. Clearly, that's not starting pitching. I don't think he's durable enough to last an entire year again with going through the rotation. Give him give him a shot. I would not put it into high leverage at the current moment. If we went that route, he's got to build up that trust. And that's something that he has not been able to do since 2018. So maybe you catch lightning in a bottle with uh, making that move happen. But just kind of like Terry said, if Bloom is gone and that next executive comes in and starts chirping, oh, well, I have faith he's going to be a starter. We're really counting on him. I'm out. I'm out. I can't, I can't, I can't do that again. Yeah. So I, I think it's going to require a little bit of faith from us to, to try to be confident, but I'm curious to see what they do during the off season, as, as I'm sure the both of you are as well. And hopefully that 2024 will be a much more successful year where we'll have a much higher probability of winning more than 75 to 80 games. I think I'll leave it on that. We want to thank all of our listeners again. And to, uh, again, first-time and long-time listeners, we appreciate you all. Have a great night. Take care.